Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, everyone, it's GigPod episode 138. We're going to be reviewing Celtic 1, Shakhtar the next one, a result that sees us out of European football completely for this season. And getting right into it with myself, Stevie. It's Friedzo. John, how are you feeling after last night's game? Hi, everyone. Hi, Stevie. Well, I'm over it, really. I didn't have massive hopes going into the game, and those massive hopes weren't met. So what can you do? Just need to... Just need to go on with it and look forward to the league. But obviously we're still need to talk about the game and our performances in Europe overall, which we will do tonight on this podcast for the fans. I know we've came in for some criticism, John, maybe for being too negative, too doom and gloom. It's not as if we're not going to be that way tonight. I mean, I don't want to be overly negative. There were some positives last night. That's the thing, like, I don't want to patronise the listeners or condescend the fans and talk about positives when we're out of Europe. I mean, the bare minimum are... The target, really, was to make sure we were in it after Christmas this year. Um, yeah, I understand that the teams we're in with are very good. They've got way more European pedigree than us, including Shakhtar Donetsk, who indeed we should have beat on match day two. But I thought it was a pretty realistic target, John, to at least go for third. And, you know, I've got the anger out of my system because I was raging after both Leipzig games. I still felt that they were extremely winnable ties at the time. So last night, getting into the Shakhtar game, I actually did say the shoot prediction was 2-1 to you. You know, I didn't even think when we made it 1-0 that game was over. I think we would have needed a second to kill it. That proved to be the case because in the second half, Shakhtar were just a completely different team. What's your thoughts on it, John, in terms of us on here? I know that the fans may and will flight this Champions League campaign and how we've covered it. I think we've tried to be as honest as possible. I don't think some people are going to agree with that at all who have been listening to GigPod for quite some time when we've been uh, singing Ange and the team's praises then all of a sudden... You know, it's like the complete polar opposite. But at the same time, I don't think that it's beyond uh, reasonable to think that we could have achieved third in the group. 
No, I would agree with that. I think that third was a real possibility, and when a draw was made, I think everybody was in agreement that it wasn't an easy draw, but it was nowhere near the worst draw. We got a group that wasn't that bad, but it turned out to be bad, and we can only be realistic, which we've always been in this pod, and it's not like we don't praise Angie and the players. I mean, even if you listen to the podcast the other day, that me Spunkphone did after the Hearts game, were full of praise for Angie and the players for managing to overcome the pathetic VAR and the difficult game at Tencastle to pull off the win. So we gave the team loads of praise. I mean, we've praised them non-stop on the podcast for the last year. We just need to be realistic about the Champions League and it's been a disappointment. People have said progress, and I know we'll talk about that a wee bit more, but it can't be accepted as progress out of Europe completely with a game to play. And last week I said in the pod, I just hope that our first visit to Real Madrid, first game there since I think 1980, means something for us. It doesn't mean anything for us, but it does for them. It's important for Real. And I think we'll end up taking a heavy defeat over there. I mean, I think that'll be the first real bad defeat of the 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 Champions League campaign. And if that makes me a bad Celtic fan, so be it. I'm just, just being realistic. And I think we've been disappointing, disappointing in the Champions League. And we can only call it as it is. I mean, we're not going to lie and say, oh, We've been brilliant. We haven't won a game. We really, we've played well in spells, but if you think about it, there's really only one game that you can see in the Champions League. We used to have won, and it was Shakhtar away. None, we had spells in the other games, but you can't really say we deserve to win. So that's been the biggest disappointment, really. But we, 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 we can't just lie and say, oh, it's all right, because it's the Champions League and it's a first attempt there in five years. That, that means we should have done even better. I mean... Well, fortunate that we can get in the Champions League, winning the league, and the same will happen next season if we win the league, but I don't think it'll happen the year after, and we'll end up having the horrendous qualifiers again, so we should be out to do as well as we can in the Champions League, because there's no guarantee we're going to be in it season after season, we've never done that, and there's no guarantee it's going to happen now. The worst Champions League experience I've had as a Celtic fan was Neil Lennon's in 13-14. We beat Ajax, but we lost five other games. It was a miserable campaign. John, you remember it well. Me and you did our first ever Celtic podcast together. We one of the Pod Tims guys way back in like 2013-2014. And it's so bizarre, isn't it, that even though in this Champions League run, it's going to say that, you know, the most we've got is two or three points. You know, we can equal that disastrous Neil Lennon Champions League season of 13-14, or it'll be worse. But the performances in the games certainly haven't been anything like those ones. And then also, I believe we got five points in the 08-09 Champions League stage when we drew with Man United, but we get beat off Allborg and beat off Villarreal and we put in a stink at Old Trafford as well. That was such a miserable campaign. So. It's mad. I've grown up seeing Celtic in some real awful Champions League campaigns. I wouldn't class this one as awful. I'd class it as disappointing and frustrating, but nothing anywhere near as bad as the ones I've just mentioned. But how mad is that? But when you look at it, we're only going to probably end up in two points, like worse than that 13-14 group stage. I think the difference is that those two Celtic teams are on the way down, and we think that this Celtic team's on the way up. 0-8-0-9. That team was on its last legs. As you'll remember, we blew the chance to win the league and Gordon Strang ended up leaving as manager. 13-14, that was Neil Lennon's last season as manager in his first spell. 
and that team needed freshened up. I think everybody would just get annoyed with each other, including the fans, Brendy. So that was a, a team, a team again that was on its way down, even though we did go on to win more leagues. This team, though, was, and I think it is still on the way up and can get better. Even though we've made the same mistakes week after week, and we'll talk about that again in a wee bit, it hasn't been as bad as 0809 and 1314. We've played better football. But as you say, it's strange that we're going to end up with less points than we did then. And I mean, I, I don't even think it's been as bad as... Well, as, as, I don't know. I was going to compare it to Brendan's Champions League campaigns, but then we got a couple of hammerings in the ones. So, I don't know. The Celtic teams... You can't really compare the Celtic team with that Celtic team because, I mean, that Celtic team were probably better domestically. And maybe on a par in Europe, we haven't been badly humiliated. Like Brendan team, Brendan's teams were by PSG. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen against Real, but I mean, I fear it will. But no, we've been worse in the Champions League. It's just annoying that we keep making the same mistakes time after time, and I'm worried that we're not going to learn from those mistakes. So, around about this time, John, we usually discuss the lineup. I think the team generally was as we predicted, except for the fact that Kyogo and Gigi were starting together. And in the end, I don't think the manager got that one right because John, if we can just address it now and talk about his performance in this Champions League group stage campaign, Kyogo last night was so wasteful. Terrible performance and he was also poor against Leipzig in the home game. Now granted, he did set up that goal for Jota with some really quick thinking and he was very composed indeed, but he was so wasteful. And I'm starting to think now, if Kyogo is here for us next season, he really has to learn from that. But I was just really disappointed with his all-round performance last night. I don't think Han should have played him at all. You know, on the polar opposite side of that though is Gigi. I thought he put in a fantastic display. And it really does get you thinking now about who is the automatic starter out of them? I, I still think Kyogo's a great player, John. And he'll, you know, come up top and he'll deliver in big games for us domestically. But really, really let down with him in the Champions League group stage so far. I mean, guys like Taylor, guys like Jens have generally been pretty good for us. Hitati and O'Reilly have had their moments. Haxabanovic and flashes too, but don't really want a single Kyogo out and I hope it doesn't come across that way. But I know you feel the same way as well, John, about his uh, displays for us in this group stage. No, he's really no kicked on, and I don't know if it's the injuries or what, but he's, he has been disappointing in the Champions League. I mean, as you say, guys like Greg Taylor and Morris Jens are not like heralded guys that are lauded to the heavens. Well, actually, Greg Taylor is now, when you think about it. I think Greg Taylor's probably our best player at the moment, and it's very early days, but I'd put him definitely up there as player of the year candidate, and he's been our best player this season. But no... I think we're seeing why Kyogo's at Celtic, to tell you the truth. I mean, I know in the past I've compared him to Henry Larson, and that does sound a bit silly now. I mean, they did score a couple of goals that were Larson-esque, but Henrik would have buried that chance last night. And I don't know if injuries are affecting Kyogo, but he doesn't seem anywhere near as confident as he was last season. And he shouldn't be in the team now, you're right. It should be Gigi. He's the number one goal scorer for this game on Sunday against Livingston, and that terrible pitch, that bogey ground, I would be shocked if Gigi doesn't start as long as he's fit, because he's the number one striker, and that was a great goal last night, it was an instinctive finish, the sort of thing that Kyogo would have done last season, and maybe even earlier this season but it was a real striker's finish, and even like the other chances that Gigi was creating, if you look at that one where he got the ball about 25-30 yards out, and 
put his head up and just hit a great shot that the goalkeeper saved. That was great striking play, and GG's got better and better for us. And Hugo, unfortunately, even though I think he's still a very good player, and when he's at his best, he's Celtic's best player and probably the best player in Scotland, he's just no-showed that recently. And when GG put that ball through for him, I didn't have any confidence at all that he would have scored because he's missed too many chances. I mean, if you look at that one that he missed in the first half against Motherwell last week, pretty similar. The ball was on a plate for him, and he didn't even and he didn't even hit the target. So I think he needs a spell out of the team, and it's no as saying that he's a bad player because of course he's not a bad player, and he's been a great player for Celtic overall. But he's not playing well than now. Alec Yu was surprised that him and Gigi started and. It didn't really work. I think that Hugo was isolated for most of the game, apart for that one run. And I think he needs a rest. And a sp- well, no, a rest, actually. A spell out the side because he's in poor form. And I think he should be on the bench against uh, Livingston on Sunday. And I wouldn't start him against Madrid next week either. There's, there's no point, really. I'd definitely start GG. I think that's a game that he could play well in. In the first half, never felt as if Celtic were massively threatened thought when we were getting into Shakhtar's half and especially in the final third we were looking as if we were going to create more than they were anyway so overall I think we went in 1-0 at the break and didn't have any complaints with it didn't think we were riding the luck anything generally Celtic were in control then the second half Shakhtar were just a completely different team and I think Celtic just not for the first time in the Champions League John just get caught flat-footed I think it's a combination of maybe the players at that level, still learning. Some of the players may be not as good as we think they are. And John, even again, this is where I'm really reluctant because I know that when you go on stuff like social media, and I actually very, very close to chucking Twitter completely, I really am, especially when you see the reaction after um, Champions League results. And just in general with Celtic, any slight criticism whatsoever of the manager, and it just seems to be, you know, tons and tons of people are just coming down thick and fast on you i don't agree with that at all and some people are a bit over the top when i've, I've read in youtube comments and that saying the manager should go and he's a dud in europe and stuff for that one like the celtic fans tv comments that i've been seeing or the fact that it's getting to the point that you're starting to really tiptoe around criticizing the manager because i'm just going to say it as well i thought last night when it comes to in-game management he was really slow to react to that with Shakhtar. i certainly saw it the game in the first five minutes you could tell that Shakhtar completely upped it we weren't anywhere near um, as composed as we were in the first half and we did look as if we were getting a wee bit more panicked in possession, especially, John, when they were coming at us and being a lot more direct and they were utilising Midrick a lot more too and we didn't know how to cope with that. I just felt the manager should have made changes far sooner and they were playing right through that midfield too of Matt O'Reilly and Rio Hattati almost, you know, at will at times in the second half. It was like O'Reilly and Hattati were... So guilty of giving away possession and being sloppy in the ball. And Shakhtar were just taking advantage time and time again. They really ought to have made it 2-1. We'll talk about that uh, moment when they missed a wee bit later. But of course, when they scored, when they made it one each with Midrick as well. Midrick is, of course, a ridiculously talented player. He's going to go uh, one of the best teams in the world, I have no doubt. But I felt JJ could have done a lot better with the goal. I th- again, I've always said this Celtic team maybe are far too nice, or it could be they're just a wee bit naive at that level, but that goal was so avoidable from Rio Hattati giving away. And even when Mudrick was running towards JJ, at one point I thought it was, there's a clip of it, where JJ is, it's like a 60-40 in his favour, and he just slightly backs away, and he makes the wrong decision, and at that level, you get punished for it. It probably wouldn't happen in the league, John, but up against a guy like Mudrick, he's going to take advantage of it, and he did. Getting back to that, what I was talking about with the manager, 
and you know how much a fan I've been here and John for day one and I still am I just don't understand why he didn't make changes far sooner than he did not only when Shakhtar equalised John did they look a better team but you know for a good 15-20 minutes after it they were fully in control and they started just getting a grip of the game all because we were getting knackered in midfield and the manager didn't make the right subs no, he left it too long to change it. He made the changes run about the hour mark, like he always does, and I think he has to be more flexible about that, even in domestic games. I mean, we really only make changes if somebody's struggling with their fitness. Like when Haksabanovic get took off after four to five minutes against Hibs, I think it was, and that's because he was struggling with fitness. But usually it's like 60, 65 minutes we make the changes, and I think the manager should be more flexible about that. And... I just want to say one quick thing about the goal. Okay, it was a brilliant goal by Mudrick and he is a great player, but it's the sort of goal we've given away so often in Europe where we've got millions of players going forward and then we get caught in the break and a nano second. And I just don't know if things are going to change next season. I know like we say that we're a team in like making progress, but it's the same issues we had last season. It's the same issues we've had this season and I don't think Angel changes what type of play, and I think the same thing will probably happen next season if we're back in the Champions League, which I hope we will be. If you've got that Oliver Abelgard, you know, fully fit and show what he can do already, that's probably a game for him to slow it down and you know play that Beaton role because a guy like Neil Beaton last night would have been perfect for that type of game. Yes, I know you said some howlers for Celtic, and we've discussed it many a time, but you were just looking for a player to get a foot in the ball, calm it down for us, maybe guide Matt O'Reilly in real Hitati through that game. A real experienced head, shall we say, and that was a huge miss for me, but I don't know if you agree with that, but that's just the type of player I think we're missing in the second half. Well, I thought that was what we were buying Oliver Abelgaard for, but he's hardly been seen, so we don't know. The, I just want to say one quick thing about the midfield last night as well, before we go into Alistair Briggs. I mean, i seen that Matt O'Reilly get mad in a match, which is puzzling to me, because I don't think Matt O'Reilly played well at all. I don't think Hitati played well at all. When Aaron Moy came on, I don't think he played well either. So the the real problem is we need to get the midfield balance right. And the ironic thing is we're missing McGregor, obviously, but when McGregor played in the Champions League for us, he wasn't as brilliant as he has been. So I really think we'll need to try and sort the midfield out over the summer if we're going to be back in the Champions League, I think. If we don't sort that out, then we'll never make progress. When the manager and the guys in charge of Celtic need to buy a, a midfielder that they trust that can control the game in the middle of the park, even if it costs big money. Because I don't think the manager trusts Abogard because he's never picked him. But I think unless we sort the midfield out, we'll never really do anything in Europe. Got to agree with you fully on the Matt O'Reilly and Hitati thing. I looked on it. After games, I'll go into sofa score. Statistically, those two were their best players. And I'm like, our stats just gaslighting me. Because... I never, I never noticed that. I mean, first half had no complaints. Matt O'Reilly's shooting was a bit wayward. Hattati gave the ball away time and time again, as did Matt O'Reilly. Now, the one thing I will say is they both never had, and they were both looking to get on the ball plenty and take responsibility, which I completely applaud for how often they gave the ball away and Shakhtar were identifying them as weak links in midfield to actually get opportunities to break from. Nah, I just can't agree with that at all. I'm fully with you on that one, Matt O'Reilly and Hitati. They've had okay Champions League campaigns and hopefully they are still with us next season to kick on and improve. Quick one on the manager, John. You were saying that he's always going to be playing that type of football. We are talking, you know, he needed to just have a player in there sitting last night just to calm us down and guide us. And he brought on Adam Moy, who is again um, an attacking-minded player. I just can't see Ange ever changing 
Um, I can't ever see him being pragmatic. I think he will always want to play that way. I don't want to say will he learn, because, I mean, the guy has way more knowledge um, in football than I'll ever have and knows more about football than me. But I just don't think he's ever going to change, John. And if Celtic are in the Champions League next season, I think we'll be having the same discussion, to be honest. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I just, I don't see him changing at all. He said when he first came, he said like he was going to play the one way and that's what he's done, and you can't really complain because domestically it's been hugely successful, and we look well placed to kick on this season. Hopefully, we do and make it two titles in a row under Ange. And if that happens, Ange will get all the praise he deserves. I mean, you can't take away from some of the results he had. I mean, three wins over Rangers have been exceptional in winning the League Cup and various other great results. But Europe has a problem. It's not just him. I mean, it's affected loads of Celtic managers. I'd say the last Celtic manager that was a European specialist was Gordon Strang. And everybody hated the football he played. So I don't think Andrew will do that. He'll know play Gordon Strang type of football because people ended up complaining and hating that. Andrew will play his football, but I just can't see it succeeding in Europe unless we'll get better players in for a start. And we'll just we'll just need to wait and see what happens. But I fear that if we're back in the Champions League this time next year, when we're on Gig Pod episode two hundred and something, we'll be like, I can't believe what we've done. We've gave away a goal on the break again, and we've missed three one on ones again. So I mean, I hope it changes, but I have my doubts. I guess one of the things I did take from last night was if we had like a Mudrick type player, it changes everything, doesn't? It? I mean, that guy is just unbelievable. He's explosive pace. He's such a goal threat. He's close control, he's got everything. He's going to go to a, one of the biggest sides in the world, John, as I said earlier. And, you know, I guess we are missing guys like McGregor. And the best player we've got flair-wise is probably Jota, isn't it? That really was the difference between us and Shakhtar last night. Like, again, it was fine margins, but they just had a guy, John, that is evidently going to be world-class, while we haven't got a player like that. And sometimes at that level, that can be the difference between finishing the bottom of the group or finishing second or third, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I mean, I have to say we did miss Jota last night and in the game against Leipzig. I mean, if Mudrick wasn't playing for Shakhtar, I don't think they'd be anything like the team they are. He's the best player by far. And he wasn't even that brilliant in the first leg. Well, the first game last night, he was outrageously good. I mean, that goal was one of the best goals I've seen an opposition player score against Celtic for years. And I saw some people say that maybe Joe Hart could have done better, but the, the pace of the shot was phenomenal. And I'm only even slagged JJ or Carter Vickers because it was just such brilliant football. And as you say, though, a guy like that would be a once-in-a-generation player for us. And in a way, a guy it's, it's, our last player that's equivalent to him is Kieran Tierney, and he plays in a different position. I mean, Kieran Tierney was a once-in-a-generation talent. We sold him for 25 million quid. So... Once in a while they come through, but same as what will happen to Shakhtar, one of the big clubs, I'll come in and get them. Can't talk about last night's game without mentioning that miss. I don't even know how to explain that. Again, it was Mudrick, who was incredible. He skinned Cameron Carter-Vickers, went one-on-one with Joe Hart, squared it on a plate, and was it Sika, wasn't it? It was Sika who basically just had a tap in into an empty net, and somehow he's put it by the post. It was a horror one for that boy. Um, at the time, obviously, the ground was erupting in laughter. Could not believe what I was seeing. When I was a wee guy in 1996, I remember bursting into tears of laughter when I saw that Van Vossen miss. Alberts, I remember running through, 
he squared it for Van Vossen, who literally, you know, just had to tap at home past Stuart Kerr. And I think he skied it over the bar. And I didn't think I'd ever see a miss like that at Celtic Park until last night. I mean, at that level and everything, that would have been replayed time and time again. I'm sure that boy will go on to have an okay career, but it's primarily what he's going to be known for now. I mean, have you ever seen a miss like that at all? <laughs> the answer is no. I mean, I immediately thought of Van Vossen's miss. That guy last night didn't even have the shot and goal. He sort of diddled and didn't know what to do, and the ball just really hit off him rather than him controlling it. It was just <laughs> really one of the worst misses I think there's ever been in football. I mind, was it Milan? I think I'm at, when we drew nothing each of Milan in the last 16, I'm sure a Milan player missed an open goal when we drew nothing each of them at Celtic Park. It was a pretty similar miss. Maybe I've got that completely wrong, but I'm sure it was no as bad as that, but like maybe at a level below. But that really was just laughably bad last night. I'm just glad that when we've talked about the settles that we've missed in Europe this season, and we've missed some great chances. None was as bad as that, thankfully. It was just words fail me, and the guy must be he looked shell shocked after it. And when you seen the Shakhtar manager's reaction, the sidelines, I don't think he could believe it either. Very, very odd. I'm, I've no clue what he was thinking, and I don't think he had a clue what he was thinking either. I don't know what we're thinking, John, doing this gig pod match day five review because the listeners will have abandoned us yet again in droves for probably being too negative. But we've only got one more match day to review. It's only Real Madrid in match day six. And then that's it. We can focus on domestic football for the rest of the season. So, John, take it away. And I believe you've got to let the listeners know about the uh, Nakamura pod and why it's delayed. And uh, it's definitely nothing to do with me, of course. Absolutely not. Nothing to do with you having technical issues at all. Nothing at all to do with that. But the Nakamura pod will come soon. We'll probably do it during the World Cup break when we're looking for stuff to fill time. And we'll make it a real knack, a special. We can talk about all these brilliant moments at Celtic and there are loads of them. It deserves a full episode rather than like 10 minutes that he would get in this episode. So editorial decision by me. Watch out for the knack, a special during the World Cup break. Do you agree with that, Stephen? I do indeed, John. Well done for taking the initiative and uh, please carry on with your outro. Thank you, brother. Yes, so you know where to find us by now on all the usual podcast platforms. Give us five stars, tell us how great we are, etc, etc, etc. You can follow Stevie on and on the pod accounts on Twitter and Instagram, both at GigPod. And we'll be back on Sunday after we play Livingston, that wonderful team managed by that great guy, David Martyr. Well, hopefully we can win there for the second league game in a row. It'll be tough, but we can do it. So, thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon, and hail, hail. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.